And once again, a huge shout out to all of our financial supporters over at patreon.com forward slash 878survivorfm. All of our production managers, Shane Murphy, Tank Dazza, Hawks Hammer. Our producers, Red Freedom, thank you all so, so much for your generous support over all of this time. Next, a huge thanks to all of our YouTube members, all of our emote bandits, our 87.8 survivors, King Alobar, Raymond Normoyle, Marson P2, Melbourne's Adventures, Pettyweddy, The Greedy Peasant, Sauerkraut, and The Receding Man. And our two podcast bosses, Kenny Baker and Foxy Pope. All of you are legends who help the shows go on each and every week. Thank you all for your support, even just by watching or listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's show. And we are live in five, four, three, two, one. And welcome to the one, the only, the spotlight on Mr. Dump Graben. How you doing, buddy? I've been doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. That is good to hear, mate. That is good to hear. Give me one sec. It looks like I do have the wrong overlay op. That's okay. There we go. That's the one I needed to have up. Um Move that a bit to the side. Mr. Dumpgra, how have you been, my man? Uh, okay, been okay. Just got done getting over a pretty nasty illness. Uh, still, still getting, you know, along really well. Had to be on an inhaler and some other type of drugs. Mm-hmm. So what, you're not an asthmatic and you were on an, in, in, uh, on an inhaler? Jeez, try saying yeah, that Yeah, so... <clears throat> It was a delivery system to essentially give my uh, lungs a short burst of, I guess, what you'd call pharmaceutical steroids. Yep. Uh, it just helps strengthen your lungs and stuff. But yeah, I'm not, I don't have asthma or anything. <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's the first I've heard of that one, mate. Um, and let's give a big shout out to everyone there in chat. We've got Stud Muffin, Idea Ryan, um, Big Joe Casulas, I love that name. That's a that's a pretty cool name, Big Joe Casulas. I watched a video, um, uh, Dumpgra. Uh, there's a, a YouTube channel that I'm quite fascinated with, um, uh, the world according to Briggs, and it's a US based guy, um, and he does um, uh, just basically weird stats about places around the world. And obviously, being a US guy, he talks a lot about US cities. And his latest video was um, uh, the least woke states in um, uh, the US. Um, and obviously, that's not something that there's a lot of studies on, uh, other than, you know, the way people de uh, vote demographically. Uh, but he did his own survey, and I loved one of the questions. He's got a bit of a sense of humor, this guy. Um, so how do you think he determined uh, the least woke states? One, um, how many, uh, what percentage of people have attended a Black Lives Matter rally? Uh, number two uh, was how, how many people in that state get their news from Fox News? And number three, whether they actually know someone named either Bubba or Hoss. <laughs> I okay. love that. And it just, it just made me laugh when I saw Big Joe, you know. It's, it's another sort of classic um, sort of name. The, uh, you, know, you know someone who's called Big Whatever. Big Joe being obviously a classic one. Um, but, yeah, 
uh, it, it made me laugh. And I messaged uh, Moonshine, uh, my mate Moonshine, and it was like, um, uh, some people have actually called me Hoss in the background, and West Virginia was one of the highest states um, in the test. So, yeah, I just I just love seeing these names. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's always interesting, the origin of those sorts of words and things like that. I know I digress, but that's kind of what I do. Uh, but, yeah, mate, that brings me up to an interesting um, segue, though, a very long segue to get to this question, though. Your name, Dumpgra. Tell us about it. What's what's the deal with that? Where did it come from? What's what's the what's the theory behind that one? So, despite what many might think, it's not a you know uh, childlike humor. It's not me going oh dump huh, graw. Um, no, it's actually a name uh, I earned. Uh, so, I used to do the Society for Creative Acronisms, which is essentially the we call it's called the SEA for short, but we dress up in armor and we beat the crap out of each other yep. in medieval style, talking about like huge wars that have renfairs around them, right? I think the biggest war I've been to was over 1,200 people, and over 800 of them participated in the war, 400 on each side. Um, but yeah, we beat each other with sticks. Well, I earned my name, uh, Hammerhand, because one, I was the blacksmith for the local group, like actually made metal armor and metal trinkets and stuff for us. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had this guy named uh, Kuklon, or whatever his name was, um, and he was laughing at my armor because I wasn't allowed to fight. I was too young. I think I was only like 14 at the time. You have to be 16 to be able to fight in the wars. Uh, you know, safety and all that. Um, well, he was laughing because he was calling me uh, Fabio, which if you don't know who Fabio is, he's from the, I can't believe it's not butter, big flowing hair yeah. and stuff. And uh, I told him, you know, if I could fight, my armor would stand up to it. And he was telling me that my armor was too weak. So I punched him in his chest plate and I collapsed his chest plate in right here on his chest. And from then on, the group called me Hammerhand because I put the guy in his place with just my fist. I busted my knuckle, but you know, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so you know, they couldn't. They um, it's it translate. Dumbgrod translates into Hammerhand. So in Orcish Black Speech from Lord of the Rings, which is how we named all of our uh, team members, it translates into Dumpgraw. Which is from again Orcish Black Speech from Lord of the Rings. So that's where Dump Grog came from, and I've been using the name ever since. That is nerd level one nine, or nerd level power nine hundred and ninety nine, and I fucking love it, mate. I love it. That is really really cool. Um, a, a nice origin. Uh, you've actually got something that means something. Unlike wow. Um, Forty seventy three. What's the origin of that? Um, I was born in nineteen seventy three, and my last name's Boyd. Uh, hey, there you uh, go. It works. Uh, it's your birth year. But no, that, that's 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 actually a pretty sweet name, mate. I'm, I'm impressed with that. In all this time that I've known you, and I can't even remember how many years. You know, it's got to be three or four years or so. You and I have known each other now easily, uh, if not more. And I don't think I've ever actually asked you that question because I don't recall ever hearing that story before. So that's going to be the hard part of this interview, mate, is because I've known you personally for so fucking long now. Um, I'm going to have to ask a lot of stuff that I do know. And, yeah, there is some stuff. You still have mysteries. Hey, Scale Speeder. Yeah, I, I, 
I have mysteries, you know. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, don't be afraid to rehash old subjects or whatever. I mean, that's kind of the beauty about it is that you know things about me that can cause interesting banter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. Just uh, zoomed my camera out a bit because that was a little bit too full on. Um, mm. There we go. I know. I'm I'm digging the salt and pepper look. You know, I, li- yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, you know, I'm getting on in the years, but it's the little stripes there, and I'm starting to get little bits in the temples there. A little bit of. Uh, I'll, I'll never be a silver fox like our boy um, Happy Bombs, but. Um, I don't, I'm not. I'm not doing too bad for a guy who's almost fifty. I've got fuck all grey hair. Oh. Nice. Yeah, mate. So, um, we'll find out a little bit more about you. Um, uh, how old are you? I am thirty-four. Thirty-four years old. Um, and you've got a missus. Yes, I do. I got a beautiful wife. Uh, we've been married for twelve years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now. And we have been together for over 22. And job, um, kids, that sort of stuff? Uh, I am actually uh, unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer am able to work. Uh, but I don't have any kids. I do have a beautiful niece and a nephew, which I love very dearly. And yep. I'm very, very happy that they also enjoy my company as well. I think uh, my niece, whenever she hears me coming around, she runs around saying, uncle, uncle, uncle. And as soon as I get there... If we don't play uh, Lincoln Logs or Blocks or something else that I've given her, uh, she gets unhappy and uh, pouts for a minute and then goes and plays with her brother. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to be you get to be uh, the cool uncle. Yeah, and, and apparently uh, she's picked up tricks from me that yep. she I didn't teach her on purpose. Like she has picked up uh, what. Um, has been, I guess, famously called the Dump Gra, um WTF or I Don't Care look, which is pretty much. And she now gives that to her parents whenever she doesn't have. Uh, she doesn't want to do something. And they called, they t- took a picture of it one day and they called me up and they're all like, this is what you taught her daughter. And I'm all like, I did not mean to. She picked it up. It's not my fault. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so the big question that I have, and the main one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on here, mate, is I've blown your uh, wind up your ass for some time now about um, uh, the evolution. So we'll start of it. Um, how did you get into modding, mate? Well, I got into modding mainly because of my old server in Dudan, and I saw a problem that needed to be addressed. So before I even became an admin on the server, I actually was starting to look into modding itself. And the problem was, most of our uh, um, problems... We'll we'll break it down a little bit more, because I've heard this story before, but how long ago was this? Uh, This was like three and a half years ago. Yep. Uh, About almost four now, actually. Um, My bad. Uh, But yeah, so... I got into the modding because I wanted to create more ways to log how people did stuff in the server. And it was because we were having people breaking the rules, but we had no proof. And it was making enforcing the rules and keeping a server that was fun and enjoyable, especially for a hardcore server. Keeping the player base is very difficult. 
Um, That's why I started modding. I I basically got into modding so I could better enjoy the server. That was early, and we had a crash. Okay, so um, chat, when did we uh, drop out? What were we talking about when we dropped out? My apologies. It wouldn't be a podcast um, 87A stream without a crash of the stream. I don't know why this keeps on happening, but yeah, it keeps on happening. I think... Yeah, I think we crashed when I was talking about uh, how I got into modding for the server. Mm-hmm. So to rehash real quick for you folks, yeah. I got into modding because I wanted to help better help my server with uh, console um, with logs on the server so we could better track players, so we could better enforce our rules and create a fairer, more justified environment because we were a hardcore server and keeping a player base was already hard enough without being like, we don't know how they rated you, but you know. Uh, so I created a custom, uh, my first mod was a custom 44 logging mod uh, with some of the help a direction from Cletus. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I ended up expanding to like over 120 logs. And I could track a fly landing on your guys' uh, nose. Yep. It's like, how did, how did you go about starting to learn all this stuff? Because uh, obviously you've got an aptitude for it. Um, but to me, it is literally like a foreign language and not just like you know, French or something like that, that still uses alpha, the, the, the um, you know, English alphabet. It is more like Chinese or something like that. I literally look at it and just go, I have no clue. And I even did, you know, way back in the, um, uh, probably the uh, 87-ish or so, um, I even did some computer programming um, back then. Um, you know, I remember making my own little game uh, on the computer back then. And I don't remember none of it, and I look at it, and you, you remember when we were uh, playing around with Dean's Beans, mate. I'm probably one of the dumbest mofos you've ever had to deal with when it comes to helping run a server. Um, how, how did you go about learning all that stuff, mate? Because it's, it's pretty complicated. Well, I kind of did what uh, I thought was best, which was I kind of contacted some people who knew about modding. Now, they did teach me some stuff, and they taught taught me some of the ropes. Uh, people being uh, Mass, uh, OP, which unfortunately is no longer in the modding community, and like I said, some stuff from Cletus. But I went in with the mentality that it was like any other craft or hobby that I wanted to learn. And that mentality was like I wanted to learn woodworking. I started picking up wood and started messing with the tools, started getting creative. I think my first thing with uh, woodworking was a bar of soap and a uh, small knife. Just carving up a bar of soap, learning how to you know use the knife and everything else. And I started getting to woodworking and blacksmithing was the same. And most of my hobbies are the same. I just get nitty gritty with it. You know? Um, so with my modding, that's kind of what I did is I just dove into it and I treated it like any hobby. You know, I did a lot of my own self-exploration and I learned how to do things through trial and error. Yeah, sure. I wanted to punch the screen a couple of times because something wasn't working. But, you know, what? at the end of the day, that's how I approached it. You're a stubborn, um, you're a stubborn boss, aren't you? Yeah, I think my key catchphrase, and I'm pretty sure uh, Vlad and them will laugh about this, is if there's a brick wall, either I will break it, or I'll just have a bloody head. 
it will never break me. I'll just keep going. Um, and that's kind of like one of my things that I probably pride myself most in and my, my jobs in the past used to call it. I have good problem-solving skills. If there's a problem in front of me, I will either fix it, find a way around it, or I will break it down and then fix the problems that it leads up, that built it up. Um, and that's how I approach a lot of things in my life. Uh, I fix things. That's just what I do. You know, uh, my car, my car has an issue. I fix it. You know, my, uh, my, my, my streams have an issue. Just like yesterday, my NDI was having issues. I fixed it. Um, took me a couple hours, but I fixed it. And I would have to say that's why well, I think one of my proudest features is I just fix things. Mm -hmm. I break things. So yeah, you and you and I would be <laughs> lifelong buddies, mate. <laughs> as as you can see with the stream, I keep on breaking it. It's bloody frustrating. So, uh, okay. what one of the issues um, that I see out there is um, that there's you know there, there is a lot of uh, good uh, tools out there, uh, but it, it's it's hard to know where to begin, especially if you aren't someone um, who is familiar with this sort of stuff. Um, how did you? What was the process for you? Like, so, um, where did you start looking? Who did you speak to? Um, yeah, that sort of stuff is what I think a lot of people want to know because there's a lot of people out there who who genuinely are interested in it, um, and it, it's hard to know where to begin. What What's your advice to people who are looking to get into modding in Daisy? Well, my advice would be first to go on YouTube, type in how to set up my Daisy my Daisy P drive, right? Your Daisy and that what, will sorry? give you the P drive. Okay. Uh, it's the universal workshop drive or work drive. Um, and then once you have that set up, do a basic retexture. Uh, basic retextures are the epitome of whatever and it's really easy well all you need for a basic retexture is you need the texture of the item you wish to retexture you need to make a config cpp and voila you can retexture any vanilla item that is already retexturable a good example is the m65 jacket that's retexturable you can make it look really cool um and that is the most bare basic mod you can make and doing that will really tell you whether or not you actually want to get into modding um, the reason why I use this as the staple on whether or not modding is something for you is that it all it requires is a config CPP and it requires a texture. Then you have to learn how to convert your PNG into a real PAA, and then you have to learn how to make a config CPP. Honestly, but steps, honestly, my head and my my brain is starting to head into Homer Simpson territory uh, because even the terms you're using. Um, are confusing. So break, just slow it down and break that stuff down. CVPs, PAA, CIA, FBI, right. buddy, HIV. I don't FBI. know. You, you've said so many acronyms there that I just, yeah. Right. You, you got to slow it down for those so, who are not so um, computer literate. All right. So, a let's break it down into the three stages you need to um, do. One, you need to YouTube how to set up a P drive. The yep. P drive is your universal work folder. So, so why, do, why do you need a P drive? Why do you need a P drive? The P drive allows you to pack your files, or rather build your files so the game can read them, without um, bringing out um, the following file path. 
So, mm-hmm. for example, if you go to your C drive, that is the start of your C drive. It is the core root folder of your PC, right? Yeah. If you go into, let's say, folder example one, it's called C drive example one. If you go into example two, that's in example one, you go C drive example one, example two, right? You, we all know what a file path is, yeah. most of us, yeah. right? Well, a P drive goes, oh, you have a mod. Let's say the mod is called uh, podcast modding example. Yep. And it is buried in your C drive, like six folders in, right? It will remove everything before that. And it will only read from that folder on if you pack from your P drive or you build from your P drive. And the reason why that's important is because it means that if my file setup is dump graw, program files, P drive, and then finally the uh, you know spotlight example mod, right? Well, when I give it to you, your computer will just read example mod spotlight or um, spotlight example mod, right? Mm-hmm. And it will read all that information from there, which means that all of the textures and all the models will load properly, regardless of where you put it on your computer, as long as Daisy is loading it. Okay, that kind of makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Right. So let's move on to the config CPP. The config CPP is the universal registration of new classes. Classes are essentially entities, um, items, static objects, and other things inside of DayZ. Think of vehicles, think of plants, houses, um, your guns, all that stuff. Classes are universal uh, standard. Then, once you know how to work with your config CPP, again, this is you registering your class, you can take, let's say, the M65 jacket. You can find once in your P drive, because when you set up your P drive, you're going to be unpacking the DAISY files. You can find what is called a PAA, which is a texture. A texture is a simple image format that shows you what a um, flattened 3D image, a 3D model looks like and how the textures are applied to it, right? And I've seen those so, before. They're quite fascinating. You know, you see um, a, a vest or something like that, and you think, you know, that what you see in the game is quite simple to look at. But when you, hey, if you've got one and you can put it up on the screen, it'd be great uh, to see as an example um, because yeah. it, it is quite fascinating how differently they look when they're actually flattened out. You know, it's basically like they just pulled all the stitching um, and placed it, but it doesn't look quite like, you know, you would see, say, a, um, a sewing um, uh, template. A sewing pattern. Yeah, yeah, sewing they're, they're, pattern. They're, yeah, definitely. They're done quite differently when it comes to PC. So if you've got one that we can put up on the screen that people can see, so it'll make it um, a bit easier for people to understand uh, what yeah, they're definitely. actually going to be looking at, because it surprised me the first time I saw one. I was like, wow, that's really weird, but that's the way the, the game understands it. Yeah, I mean, I'll happily show anybody this. Um, So here it is. Yep. Uh, And this is what the M65 jacket looks like. And when you compare that to what you see when you put one on in-game, you can see it's there, but it's not what you would expect it to look like. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, converting these is as simple as going to File, Save As, and then instead of a .paa, you change it to a PNG. 
Um, and then you save it somewhere on your file. This is totally legitimate. There is mm-hmm. no problems. BI has no problem with people making retextures of their textures. Yep. And then it's now a PNG, and voila, you can now edit it. Then you have to convert it back to a PAA, which Daisy provides the tool. is literally called image to, dot, uh, image to PAA. It is literally in the Daisy tools. When you boot up Daisy tools, it's right there for you to see. So it's super easy to click on that. You then drag your uh, PNG over to it, and you click convert. It could tur- turns into a PAA for you immediately, and voila, you can then start moving on with your retexture. So how do you now, re- do the retexture for this image here? Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, I closed it. Uh, I'll bring it back up. Um, so inside your config CVP, again, this is the registration for your classes. Mm-hmm. You would then, You would then... Create a class called Class CFG Vehicles. CFG Vehicles is the core class for your items and uh, non-usable gun gun ones. So this would be like clothing, bottles, food, stuff like that, right? Um, and then inside there, there is a thing called uh, hidden or, or yeah. Hidden selection textures and hidden selection materials. Yep. And all you would do is in your P drive, uh, you would have a folder. You would create um, in that folder. You would put the config CPP that I'm talking about again, class registration and stuff. And then you would have your texture in there, right? Now inside of the class uh, CFG vehicles, you would put a class called. Uh, you would call the M65 jacket default class. Now, you would have to go in into the Daisy character tops data inside your P drive, uh, and you could open up the character tops config CPP. Again, when you extract your P drive data, you actually will get a lot of examples from the Daisy code itself on how some of this stuff works. So, if you look at some of the other retextures from the M65 jacket, you can literally copy that class, that retexture class of like the black one. Um, and paste it into your config CPP, right? So just copy pasta, right? And then inside of the hidden selection textures, you can change the file path to your retexture. And then all you do is boot up PBO project, which is a Daisy tool, and you can then uh, pack it. And inside of your server or inside of your personal testing instance, which you would have to set up, uh, you would be able to see it. Again, the steps for a basic retexture are not very many. However, it does require some effort. And then once you get it going, that's how you can do this stuff. Um, explaining it on uh, screen right now would be kind of more or less a tutorial. And while I'm totally cool with doing tutorials, it doesn't it wouldn't do just, justice to people unless they're actually following along. It would be kind of a uh, mindless noise that are like, what did he say about doing that? And then they have to go back and look, and maybe it wouldn't be so easy for them to follow because I haven't set up the environment for to show them how to do it. But more or less, uh, simple retextures. There's tons of videos on it. Um, I think there's like a good like four or five videos on YouTube. Yeah. They show you how to do it. And then I'm also going to be making videos on it um, once I finish all of my tutor- uh, Daisy Tools tutorials, uh, which should be pretty quick here. It, it's a fa- it's a fascinating process. Like I still remember the first time, as I said, when I saw one and hearing it explained out, 
um, part, part of the challenge um, that I could see was knowing where, uh, you know, being able to visualise that item. Yeah, you, know, you could see the sleeves um, and, you know, learning where, you know, because you see some people will design it to have an emblem or a logo on something on the side and, there's there's a lot to um learn about that whole uh, area. So, what was the very first item that you ever did? My very first item actually was a um custom model I made, which was um a template. So I made a what looked like a crappy square uh cardboard thing that had uh. Um, that had textured lettering on it. It was literally a rectangle, really thin. It looked like it, I made it look like a piece of cardboard. Somebody literally cut lettering out of. Um, and you combine that with a piece of clothing, and it gave you a custom group piece of clothing. That was my very first item implemented in Daisy. Yep. Now, yeah, because we just had the uh, question there, um, and I just replied um, and said to him. Who who were the people you looked to for advice um, on YouTube um, that you found were at the top of the game and um, did some did some pretty decent uh, tutorials? So I actually will be fully honest. I didn't watch any YouTube tutorials for mo most of my stuff when I was first learning, and most of the YouTube tutorials that are out there now are already stuff I know. So unfortunately, I don't watch them. However, um, I can suggest some people so there are there's uh some people out there one of the people was actually mentioned in a nomination contest let me pull them up um now there was used there used to be one person uh unfortunately i would not suggest them anymore because some things came to light uh about them giving false information but i will not go into that um because i don't think that we need to talk about that subject and they're not here to defend themselves so they, uh, i don't like doing that either Yep, agreed. Um, but there is one person, again, uh, my good friend, uh, Red Falcon, suggested. I'm just going to throw it inside of the chat. Uh, this guy right here, he does make uh, some you, um, uh, tutorial videos. And overall, I would have to say they are pretty good and okay. Um, and, you know, if you just type in Daisy uh, read. Text, texture tutorial. Um, you can see that Spurgle's Playground also uh, does it. Um, he actually has one right here called the Vanilla Item, rete item Retexturing. Um, and I'm going to be putting out a video eventually myself about retexturing. However, I do want to make sure that people all understand the tools they're using because, again, like you just said, I just started spewing out this config CPP, the FBI, mm -hmm. blah, 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 right? And my goal with my tutorials overall is more about teaching people about the tools before we start to get into actually modding. Because you should know what the config CPP is before you start to mod. You should know how to create a basic P3D. You should know how to use Object Builder, which is how what you create what a your... What drive is. Yeah, you should know all about all these different tools because I kind of equated to giving somebody a hammer and a nails and a screwdriver and telling them to go uh, put together, um, you know, some wood. They might try to use the screwdriver to hammer the nail in. Mind you, it will work, 
it's just not going to be the proper way of doing it <laughs> when they can use a more efficient tool such as the hammer. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with my tutorials. And I know other people may have, um, and there's plenty of tutorials on Daisy out there. Uh, you just got to look. But I find that either most of them are par uh, two-parters, which are very frustrating because you have to jump between videos, or they don't have timestamps, which means that if you want to remember one specific thing, you have you, you have to like jump around in their video and try to find it. And this is something be you and I were talking about uh, just a couple of days ago, um, that um, the, one of the other problems along that line as well is there are some people who, now you, you mentioned before that you never really watched any videos. So you obviously looked for a lot of text-based stuff and you read it and you were able to understand it. I am more of a monkey see, monkey do. Um, so there are some people who don't like monkey see monkey do. They just want to be able to read it and work their way through it because, you know, we know, under, we understand now that people learn differently. Some people like to, you know, watch well, I like this, do that. And other people like to don't, don't annoy me. Just give me the textbook and I'll read my way through it. And there's very little in the way of, um, resources out there that cater to both styles. So is that something that you're looking at, um, doing with your guidelines? Oh, uh, yeah, actually. yeah, so I have uh, actually applied to be on the BI's official wiki as a contributor. Um, and I'm hoping if I do get approved, which it's still up in the air, uh, that I will be able to start putting in text format as well as video format. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm hoping to do that. Um, in my latest video, I actually included a Google Drive folder that has a full-fledged uh, like mod folder setup that you could just throw into your P drive, open in Bulldozer. I mean, open in Object Folder, pull up uh, Bulldozer, which is the 3D preview that you can do to preview your models, and you can actually see the different animations for hide and show, rotation, and translation. Translation is moving side to side, up or down, back forward. Uh, we all know what rotation is. Um, but I'm going to actually start doing, I'm going to start, uh, including example folders that you can literally throw in your P drive and immediately see what I'm talking about. And that's actually going to happen with my, like, real tutorials when it comes to, like, retexturing. I'm going to do a tutorial on retexturing, and I'm going to give you the, uh, example folder that I made for that tutorial. So you can see the entire folder setup and everything you need to be in there and everything else. So it's kind of like... It's meant to teach you, not necessarily for you to uh, essentially follow a uh, a cookie cutter. Because I don't want my tutorials to be cookie cutter. I want you to walk away with the knowledge on how to do it yourself Each without fish, doing the cookie cutter. For life. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're, you've actually applied to be an official contributor to the uh, BI Wiki. Um, what, what's, mm -hmm. what's, what's that about? What, what, are we, what are we talking about there? So the Bohemian Interactive has an official wiki for all of its games. And that wiki has a lot of information for Arma 2 and some information for Arma 3. But unfortunately, the entire Daisy modding area is pretty barren. And one of the things that we've been asking for for a while is true documentation of modding. Because... Official modding modding documentation for Daisy is bleak at best. Um, like it is quite uh, barren. Um, 
there are some examples in there. Uh, this is the official wiki that uh, Boydie has brought up. Um, but like, as you can see, we have editing tools, tutorials, and central economy. If you go to tutorials or tools, um, there is some stuff there, but it doesn't really have a lot of information to what you would call um, there, are two, player. there are two things. Wow. So like modding basics isn't really a modding basics. It's more of a, this is how you set up your P drive situation. Um, and it does go over some of the scripts and some of the other things, but like most of this, while it is useful, if you know what you're looking at, if you're just getting into modding and let's say you've never touched code or looked at modding in your life in any other game, this would confuse the hell out of you because it, while it looks like it's pretty simple, like setting up the project drive is looking pretty simple. You'd be surprised how many people actually get lost in even just doing that. Um, and then, you I'm know, I'm just looking at it, mate, help me find my way yeah. home. Um, but yeah, so like, this is kind of, this is cool. This is not, this is good information. Again, if you know what you're doing or you've done modding before, but, um, I think overall, there's a lot of information here that could be better put on there to help serve the community because we do need to start getting more people into modding. So how did you apply to become an official contributor? I don't even see anything uh, on there about that. So you that. see where it says contribute and it says getting started? Yep. Uh, so that actually takes you to a link, and uh, in that it tells you about account creation. You have to sign up to the BI forms, and then you have to send a message to Warden, which was not as intuitive as you would think, but I figured it out pretty quickly. Um, and then there are the rules and everything else. So, again, we'll see if I get approved. If I don't, that's okay. Um, uh, you know, that's fine. I'll just start uh, adding to um, my own private uh, wiki that me and my friends were making a while ago, and I'll just pick that back up and start adding to that one and posting it for people to go and look at. It's it, uh, this is interesting. This is interesting. I'm learning even more. I'll forget it all by the end of this interview, but um, I'm being introduced to new stuff, and yeah, yeah. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I'm, I'm living proof of that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm living proof you can um, teach old dog. You know, I, I somehow managed to find the power button to my computer every day when I come into the bedroom. So that's that's a good start, isn't it, Dumpra? I mean, you know, I think you should give yourself more credit. Here you are streaming, and you got all these fancy graphics up. You know how to switch between them. I mean, you're smarter than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that, this is why I have people like Scale Speeder around me who uh, keep me humble. Um, yeah, a, a good a good insult here or there is always uh, well needed. Um, okay, so you you first started by making uh, basically a bot that tracked everything that happened um, on the server. What was the first uh, physical mod that you actually created? Uh, well, not physical, so but, yeah, you know what I mean. The first physical mod I created, uh, well, I kind of dove in deep once I learned how to implement models and stuff. So it would have been uh, would have been my ammo making actually. Uh, one of 
a very, very, very rough version of it, by the way. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a interesting aspect. Um, but yeah, uh, just to clarify, I did not create a bot. I actually used the existing Daisy logging system that yep. they already have, and I just added more logs to it. But yeah, uh, yeah, ammo making was uh, the very, very rough version of ammo making, which only used basic recipes, like you know when you combine two sticks with a rag to get a splint or whatever, uh, was my ammo making. Um, and it took me a month. It took me three months to develop the most basic version of that. Uh, uh, let's see here. I know I asked Dumpcraw this question on Discord, but I never got a real direct answer. I was happy with what exactly is the future of all these mods currently on Daisy Stadium. Okay, so that, that's a bit off the uh, topic of what uh, Dub was. We'll come back to that one. Um, keep carrying on with your um, Am I Making mod. All right. Uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, it took me, uh, me three months to implement all of the models because, again, I was still very new to it and everything else. Um, I didn't even know how... Uh, I didn't even know about basic RV mats back then. Uh, and an RV mat. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I uh, got distracted by my cat. Um, but yeah, so basic RV mat is essentially. Oh, there, 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 was a, you... there was a pun there. There was a pun there about another name for a cat. And every red blooded male gets distracted by that. Ah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, Are yeah, you I got blushing. It. I got <laughs> Maybe I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, uh, that took me about three and a half months, and the reason why it took me so long is because I had to make all of the casings, all of the tips. I had to make the gunpowder, and then I had to go through and learn how to do uh, recipe making, which is. Even to this day, I am still learning how to actually improve and tweak that currently built-in system Daisy has made for us. It's actually a very beautiful system. Um, I love it to death. Uh, but yeah, that was my very first mod, is my ammo making, the, the most rough version of it. It had none of the fancy features it has now. Okay, well, um, uh, we've got it. Uh, we, we're not we're not forgetting yours, um, lack of us. Uh, but Death's Door, all games come and go. I know you've been around since the start. Aren't you a little late to the game to start teaching people to do this? Now I can't remember who it was. Um, for some reason, my mind's thinking it might have been Inclement Dab who said it to me in a time when I've been with him in the past. But from what I've been told, Daisy is a very good game to start uh, learning modding on. Is that has that been your experience, Dumpgrow? Have you dabbled in modding of any other games out there? No, but I will say that if I could go back and like let's say start modding for another game, I would. Yep. Um. Again, Daisy's official documentation, anything that they really provide modding wise, is bleak at best. And other games out there, like, for example, Project Zomboid or uh, Space Engineers or, you know, name a couple survival games out there where <laughs> it actually has documentation on how to do 
some of the most basic things, and then they start like actually giving stuff. And so, like, yeah, I might be late to the game to teaching people how to mod. However, it's surprising how difficult it is to find good tutorials on teaching you how to mod Daisy, because a lot of stuff is not there to be easily found. Yeah, you can go to YouTube, but like I said before, it's either split up into parts or it has no timestamps. While a lot of people put out, a lot of people have before put out tutorials, I find, and this is not dissing them, that they put effort into the video and less effort into making the video accessible. Right? So, like, posting it on other social medias, all that kind of stuff. Timestamps are super important. Um, I can't actually stress how important timestamps are in videos because I can literally click. I'm um, gonna have someone click on a timestamp in my Look, video. Even, and go even on these podcast episodes and interviews and that, it's one of the biggest feedbacks we get. Um, yeah, you know, and people like timestamps, and they can be hard to do. Uh, but yeah, it's something that we've really got to lift our game on as well. But carry on. But what's cool about the timestamps too is like they also feed into the Google search algorithm. So like right now. I just typed in Daisy model and I put in offset zero equal, which is offset zero equal is part of the model.cfg. And immediately in the top three results, my video comes up. But that's because in my description, I have that with my timestamp. Now I could just have that in my description saying I explained this and it doesn't have to be timestamped. So when somebody Googles a variable, an integer, or some sort of other parameter inside something, like a config CPP or whatever, the video gets pulled up. And I would like to see more modding tutorials start utilizing this kind of situation. Because there aren't been many times, as a modder myself, I've typed in a parameter I wish to see, and it so, doesn't so pop up. So, say that again. Um, what, what, what did you type in? Uh, so, Daisy. Space, model, space, offset, all one word, zero, equal, press enter. And there it is. Yep. So by using timestamps or even just including what things you cover inside of your description, you can actually get more people having the ability to find your stuff. Because you, as you can see there, right, if you go down a little bit below my uh, video, it's Arma 3 stuff. Um, and then it's OBS stuff. Um, but yet, Arma 3 doesn't apply here half the time, because while Arma 3 and DayZ do share things, DayZ uses part, partial, a partial of the Infusion engine, which then makes you think that Arma 3 isn't the best place to go although they do share quite a few similarities. But again... There's a question I have here that it's kind of doing my head in, um, and I know this is maybe a little bit off topic, but I think it is important to talk about this. One of the, one of the things um, uh, that I see a lot is, you know, um, uh, comments like Big Joe's got, got there, Daisy wouldn't be where it uh, is if it wasn't for modding. Um, and that's a fact. But some people will say it, and they'll say it as like an insult. Um, but you know, the comeback I always have to them is, well, no, it's not really an insult because that's pretty much always been BI's model. Um, yeah, you look at where DayZ came from. It was a mod for Armour 2. How is it that 
modding for DayZ has been so successful, but there's so little uh, in the way. Oh, it's not um, so, so much that there's so little, but it's so difficult to find all of the info that one needs in one place to be able to start being successful as a modder or to start getting into it. Well, it's there's multiple parts of that. There's knowing where to look. Then there is the unfortunate thing I don't think people like me to say. Then there is the personal laziness of people. And then there is the problem of if you do know where to look, you have to sift through the information to find what you're looking for. Because when you're modding for DayZ or even modding for, I would suggest, other games, you're not always looking for, you know, I don't know. Let's say you're trying to do a simple retexture. You're not looking for how to work with animations. You're looking for a simple retexture. So like the Infusion Modders Discord, or formerly known as the Daisy Modders Discord, it has a lot of information in it. But if you don't know how to use the Discord search function, you're going to be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And the information is just so buried and hard to find. And yes, you can ask people, but if it's been asked like, you know, 200 times... You may not get the answer because people are tired of answering the question because it's already been answered, and maybe they're going to tell you to go back up and look for it. Um, so there are a lot of things that have issues. Also, again, the official wiki not having the information um, easily accessible is also another problem. Um, or let's say, for example, uh, tutorials um, You know, being multi-parters. Most people don't have the attention span to even watch a full length video that's more than 20 minutes uh, more than 10 minutes long much less a two-parter on a, a tutorial in reality you might as well just keep it all in one video because i'm not going to flip between two videos to figure out how to do a tutorial on something even myself as a, a modder as i am so it's interesting um people are talking in chat about um you know uh, armor 4 reforger um and a daisy mod for that um and um Someone uh, said their uh, lack of us, do they have any right not to allow it? Well, yes, they do. Um, if someone creates a DayZ mod for Armour 4, they, BI can strike it down because they now own the intellectual property, um, the, the, the copyright of DayZ. So if someone was to make it, you know, look at, um, um, some people might be thinking, yeah, but you're still, you're making it and, you know, BI, Daisy's already there, you know, you, you're not doing anything. Well, look at some of the issues there is reporting Armour 3 maps to Daisy Standalone. You're not allowed to, are you? Not that I know of, unless you have permission from the uh, creators. Yeah. So it, it's, 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 a, it's such a funny area. You know, we've, we can, we've only got to look at the, the stuff um, recently with Taviana. Um, someone's um, remaking Taviana. Um, and as I found out by speaking to the um, owner of the Taviana map, um, they're doing it without his permission. So most likely that's going to get struck down. It's it's a very complex area. And, you know, this is, again, something that um, uh, you know, modding isn't just simply being a nerd and sitting there and staring at the screen and typing code and making pretty items, is it? You've got to understand there's a, there's a whole legal section involved in this as well, isn't there, Dumpgra? Yes, there is. And uh, you have to be aware of it. Uh, I would actually say that uh, modders are more restricted than server owners when it comes to our legal obligations, which is kind of interesting. Uh, for example, I can't charge access to my mod, period. As If I made it with BI tools, I can't charge access to my mod. 
I can accept donations, but the donations cannot be for repacking. The donations cannot have any strings attached. They just have to be honest donations of I love your mod, I donated to you. Even accepting donations for objects being implemented into your mod is technically a no-no because they are technically buying your content or, put, or putting content into it. You can buy models and gift it to me. You can buy textures and gift it to me. But by no means can you actually give me money and tell me to implement things into my public mods. Now, server mods, however, fall into a really weird gray area. And I cannot speak on that very well. Well, we've seen, we've seen it, though, where um, mods have been struck down for uh, copyright and things like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know there's accusations getting around at the moment about um, uh, Escape from Tarkov assets um, being used in DayZ mods. Um, and I know that there was um, some issues with part of the reason why Namolsk was never um, uh, made official was it, it used or alludes to stalker assets. And even you, you look at the history of DayZ itself, some items are no longer in the game because... They they can't find the um uh, the the payday masks uh, is a classic example. Apparently they were um, originally endorsed by Payday um, the game itself, um, but no one's got any proof of that, so they had to remove the items from the game um, because they haven't been able to get proof. I'm guessing, which is kind of sad because you know the old uh, uh, Dallas mask and all the rest of it were kind of iconic. Uh, you know I've got one of them sitting in the room here, uh, but. Yeah, you know, even <clears throat> Daisy itself. <clears throat> pardon me. And, and then you've got the other uh, the, the um, EU um, Article Thirteen or whatever it is, copyright laws, um, where they've had to rename all the guns. Uh, but modders can create a mod where the guns aren't renamed, and it, it's it's such a nightmare of legalities, isn't it, Dumbgra? Oh, it is. Uh, it actually is. Um... One of my good friends is a uh, is a lawyer, um, and I was actually having him go through it with me. Um, but uh, I actually have an idea for a video uh, soon, which uh, hopefully might be pretty cool to do. Um, but uh, we'll have to see if it pans out. I have to get permission from the wife to do it. She may not like the idea, but I think it'd be good for the community. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the 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 wording, as far as I can tell from BI, is purposely vague enough that they actually have wiggle room to enforce it as they see fit. And because of that wiggle room, it's sometimes hard to say what is 100% allowed or not 100% allowed. It's not a full black and white contract, which is very difficult. Now, the contract I signed with Steam is a lot more detailed uh okay so, so this, for is, example, this is uh, uh, a new territory you signed a um contract with steam what yes not not just the usual player um you know download steam um uh, end user agreement you're obviously talking about something substantially different when it comes to uploading mods yes so uh, Steam Workshop has its own contract that you have to sign and agree to, and it pretty much is pretty simple. Uh, you know, you'll have to go through it yourself to make sure that you understand it. But one of the things I love about it is that Steam doesn't own our property. 
when we upload to the Steam Workshop, Steam actually technically has no true validity as claim to our property when it comes to it. And what is cool about that is also means that while Daisy could use our ideas and stuff, they can't necessarily just take our mod and implement it right away um, because our content is protected by Steam as well. Steam goes, I don't own your content, you own your content, which is why Steam allows the DMCA process to happen as it has. Um, and that is sim simple because it allows you to protect your own IP. And it's pretty cool because as long as you're creating your own models and your own textures, yes, you may be using the DAISY engine to implement it, but at the end of the day, those models and those textures, as long as you have proof of the originals before they became uh, DAISY uh, format stuff, you actually own the rights to them, um, which is why all of my content um, on the workshop, almost all of it, is custom-made by myself, um, and the textures are either by myself or a select few of people. Because then I can be all like, no, 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 that's mine, and here's all the proof. Um, I've had a couple people try to DMCA me, and they have been shut down immediately because I have overwhelming proof of it. Um, that's one thing I would suggest to any person getting into Daisy modding. If you're going to go hardcore into it, document everything you do. Keep all of your original models. Keep all of your original files. Use GitHub or any other repository online. Create backups, whatever else. Because that is power with your IP. If you do not have your originals, if you do not have anything outside of the DAISY format stuff, you're pretty much saying that you can't prove you, where you got it. And that is important to note. What about using um, uh, <clears throat> third-party assets? Um, now, that's something else that I've been aware of where there are marketplaces out there where uh, Dumpgra banking um, your Am I Making mod, um, you could have gone and possibly, if they existed, bought the models uh, ready to use uh, with you know maybe some slight retexturing for your Daisy uh, mod. Um, where what's the legality around using those and now um, having proof of it? And you know if someone else was to buy the same models and you see where I'm going I with this? Actually, yeah, I can see where you're going with this. However, every different model selling website has their own contracts and every person who sells models has different conditions talking about uh, trying to make a general statement on that would just be stupid it would not be worthwhile to do so uh because again every website that sells models has their own version of the contracts and every seller on there has their own terms so I one might be like, I don't care if you use it inside the game or in other games. I don't care if you give it to other people. Once you bought it, it's yours to do with what as you wish. Another might be all like, no, it's only yours. If they want to come and buy it, they can come and buy it from me again. But until then, it's a one-term use. Which then goes, okay, well then what about all of the different versions on the Daisy Workshop that people have downloaded now? Is that breaking the terms or is it not? Because technically, I'm just giving people a, a mod, but I'm the one that bought it, but now they own the assets if they, own, if they open the PBO. Oh. It, again, it's muddy water. It's super muddy water, and I don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. What about um, stealing code? That's another one that's difficult to talk about because it is very circumstantial. Um, stealing code itself is bad, but 
it's also it, it's it's complicated because if you copy pasta people's code, it's apparent you're stealing their code. But if you rewrite it and use different variables and ints and different terms, are you really stealing stealing their code? This is, or the, this is why I wanted to ask you this. Idea? This is why I wanted to ask you this because the, to me, again, it's not territory. knowing coding. It's you know, surely there's only a handful of ways to write something, but it sounds like there it, it, it's literally like writing a, sto- a, a book. You and I could write a book about the same thing, and they would still be substantially different. Whereas to to my simple monkey brain, um, I, I look at coding, and you know, um, if this equals that, then this happens. Um, and surely there can't be too many ways to write it because I've heard of and been aware of um, people who have stolen code in the past. Um, sometimes it's been malicious. Sometimes it's just been they've been trying to learn. Like there's a very good modder now um, I know who got himself in hot water with a community for doing that, um, and he's moved past that, and he's quite good at what he does now. Um, but he did uh, screw up um, uh, some time back uh, doing that. So it's... There's something I wanted to try and find out more about. And this is, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into a little bit of a um, um, uh, learning from code versus copy pasting for sure different. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's why this person apparently did it, was they were trying to learn and improve their own. Uh, but you um, recently did something that I wanted to give a shout out to, and that was uh, you mentioned it, uh, touched on it briefly before your modding awards. But one of the conditions of um, uh, people being entered into that was that the mod must not be obfuscated. Yes. Explain that in in simple monkey man lay terms, layman's terms. All right. Obfuscated. I I can't even say it now because uh, obfuscated pretty much means I locked my PBO. It's a locked door. You can't enter it unless you have the key. What's a PBO? Uh, And... A PBO is the universal uh, file that Daisy reads for content. Even Daisy uses this inside of their core files. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how people pack their mods and they pack them into PBOs. But it pretty much means that the PBO has a lock on it, a padlock on it. And if you try to open it, it will throw errors. If you forcefully open it, uh, the code will be scrambled and everything else. It's essentially like, think of like a World War II cipher. You yep. need a special cipher to decode yeah, right? code much what does. yeah yep so that's what obfuscated does so the reason why you're not allowed to nominate a modder who has obfuscated code in my nomination is because i can't validate whether or not it has stolen assets or stolen code so i went through and opened up every single one of the nomination modders contests uh you know nominees to look through their code because Pardon I me? wanted to nominate good modders. So not only did I boot up the game and play with their content, but I also looked through their code to see what they were doing as modders. Because while I'm not the modder police, my nomination was meant to um, award good modders and stuff. That's also why if you were sus- suspect of a DMCA or have been part of a DMCA or a pending DMCA, you were excluded, right? Because, again, I don't want to possibly award um, something to somebody who may have stolen content, right? What's the risks of um, leaving your uh, mod unprotected, open? Oh, there are lots of risks. Uh, People could easily 
take my uh, code and reuse it, again, copy pasting or whatever, but at the same time, you know, maybe they're learning from it, who knows. Uh, now, the good thing is, is Daisy does binize, which means it's another form of locking, but it's a legitimate form of locking uh, my models. So you can't actually open my models. Uh, and if you do, it's very, very apparent when people do so, because I can e easily compare my model to their model and be like, they stole it. Like, they would have to drastically learn how to change my models to be able to say they didn't steal it. And at that point, why not just make your own model? Um, but yeah, other than that, it's kind of more of, honestly, how some people learn how to mod, honestly. Uh, they open up people people's uh, PBOs and mods and be all like, oh, that's how they did it. Okay, because a lot of uh, Daisy coding, unless you know your dab or Jacob Mango and stuff, is reusing vanilla functionality and stuff, uh, or or Red Falcon for that instance. I know Red Falcon makes a lot of his own code, and I've been learning how to make my own my own additions to the Daisy stuff as well. Mm. But like, there's a lot of stuff in uh, mods that use a lot of vanilla functions, um, and those vanilla functions are vanilla. So you altering them or messing with them isn't necessarily stealing someone's code. It's just you learning how to better use or manipulate that function to your purpose. I don't know whether you could see the pain in my face then when you were talking, but honestly, like I, I, I've been keeping my eye on chat uh, because it's very clear that there are some people in here who can, who are, who are down with, uh, coding and um, all the rest of it and then there are the monkeys like me who are literally sitting back and we're in awe of what you do and literally have no fucking clue what you are doing like I understand what a brain surgeon does more than I understand what you modders do uh, because it is just so alien to my little simple monkey brain um, with all of this stuff and it is, there's so much to it uh, yeah, you have to be a bit of everything. Um, um, lack of a summer monkey. <laughs> Apes together strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's what, um, what's been some of the biggest um, shortfalls you've seen of the modding community? Being a latecomer, um, you could say, uh, like we said before, um, you know, you've only started modding really uh, in the last four years or so, whereas you know, there, there's some young, um, you know, amazingly talented young people. You know, Dewan is one that I think of straight away, um, who you know, he, he's been um, involved in the modding scene since um, back in 2015-ish, you know, 2016-ish, uh, with the old 420 days and all the rest of it. Um, so they've kind of grown up with it. But for us older guys... Um, and yes, you know, I did uh, do a little bit of coding when I was at school, but then, you know, I joined the army and nothing and then discovered this game Daisy, and all of a sudden I'm talking about modding and that. What's been some of the biggest shortfalls that you've seen for someone to get into this? We sort of touched on it, but because we've talked, uh, sorry, we sort, we sort of touched on it already, but because we've talked um, uh, so much about some of the more intricacies of it, I think I think we need to come back to it um, and reiterate and maybe expand on what those shortfalls are for people getting into this um, as a hobby to start with. So some of the shortfalls I see people coming into are knowledge is everything in this, right? Um, and 
if you aren't willing to do the homework and to do the research, um, then you're going to start to fall behind or nonetheless, you're starting to get really frustrated because you're going to be trying to do something that you have no clue what you're doing about. And it's going to be like hitting yourself against a brick wall. I know I say I do that, but don't repeat my mistakes. I struggled to get where I'm at. And that's mainly because I didn't ask for help a lot. And the reason why I didn't ask for help is because one, I don't like relying on people. Stopping. Yeah. Um, and also people always, you know, can overall let you down, you know, but don't let that be your pitfalls, because if you reach out to people, you talk to people, you're engaged in the infusion uh, moderators discord, people will help you. People will teach you. People will give you stuff. Go to YouTube. Look for that kind of stuff. Talk about things. Be communicating with the modding community, and that's how you're going to go bigger. If you just do what I did and hermit yourself, you're going to lose a lot of knowledge and you're going to fall behind when others start to soar. What were you like at school? Um, what, 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 what were you like in high school? I was a, I don't know what you'd call an outcast. Uh, no, but I'm it. talking about like um, with, uh, with studies, with uh, maths and English. Oh. And were you, a, were you a top student or were you just an average student or? Uh, I was mediocre at best. I only soared inside of my crafts, which was woodworking, welding, and uh, some of the other things. I know it was an odd question. This that kind of came out of nowhere, but part of why I wanted to do that was, you know, I see, um, um, you know, uh, a lot of people will, you know, you come up with excuses as to why, oh no, this is too complicated, all that sort of bullshit. Um, but you know. Uh, some people are probably sitting here thinking, oh, Dump Grub must have been, you know, fucking uh, idiot savant level, um, you know, at school, you know, just, uh, you know, Rain man sort of understanding all this stuff so quickly. But it, it, it seems like part of it is you, you've got a natural, uh, naturally inquisitive mind um, and also you've got a creative mind, um, you know, and, and before that translated to, Using your hammer hands, um, your your dump grar in um, uh, what was it, dark orcish uh, speak, um, but yep. you, now you've uh, managed to evolve that into tapping away on the keyboard. Um, yeah, and you know, and again, some of the shortcomings too with modders is don't sell your mod until you have a working demo ready. Um. I believe that is one of the biggest shortfalls most modders make early on is they get really excited about something. They start talking about it. They start to fully understand it. And then it just fails. Um, And it fails because they overhype their product and yet they feel like they can't deliver. Um, Whether or not it's from people being negative or if it's just their own uh, self-awareness, people eventually fail when they um, sell their product too early because they don't have something that they can actually tangibly themselves start to improve and work on. They are now just, oh, hey, I I made this cool thing or I had this cool idea, Um, and they post about it. They get a lot of hype, and then they eventually realize how much of a project they've actually given themselves, and they either don't have enough time or they just struggle with it, right? Um. And that's kind of one of the things that I see a lot. I call it the modern, the modern burnout or the modern hype burnout. It's where you just get so overhyped about something, 
and then more people overhype it. And when you fail to deliver, either they tear you to shreds or you tear yourself to shreds. And don't you let, just don't let me find out about your um, amazing upcoming projects, folks, because I'm probably one of the biggest um, cheerleaders. And because I, I, I literally am, am so in awe of. Uh, yeah, I, I say this a lot. Um, I'm, I'm as uh, thick as two uh, planks, uh, but. I understand greatness when I see it. You know, it was uh, probably a, you know to almost a couple of years ago um, when I was talking about Mario's um, AI um, uh, engine and all the rest of it. Um, and you know, we now understand why um, there's been delays there because congratulations to Mario. He's now working as a, a senior programmer with Armor 4 uh, Reforger engine. Uh, but there's it's. I, I love talking about this stuff, but my God, you motherfuckers make me feel stupid. It is absolutely yeah. insane what you guys are capable of doing. Um, and then, you know, we, we see things like what um, Inclement Dab um, has done with the with the uh, orb um, and the teleport and, you know, that cool feature. And, um, you know, essentially it's just a teleport, but the event, the storm, um, and all the rest of it that knocks you out, no matter where you are across the map. Um, yeah, we all know you can be knocked out in the game, but to knock out everyone um, across the map, except for people wearing the um, the headset that protects you from it. Um, what what's been some of the most impressive uh, mods you've seen that you've just literally sat back and gone, "Wow, that's that's some real skill in that." Uh, I would have to say, you know. Um... Dad really impressed me with the Daisy editor. It still does. Um, I would say Hunter Z's Dogma. That was absolutely beautiful and still continues to impress me with his work on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there have been other works out there that have uh, really made me step back and go, wow, um, I, I'm so happy to see that happening. And... Obviously, we could say, you know, Fred Falcon, he's an amazing modder, and it's very impressive. But I would say that, like, some of the people, one of the people I actually really enjoy talking with uh, when he was very, very active, unfortunately, he has a new job and it's taking up a lot of his time, was Damon Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, he not only impressed me with his code, but he impressed me with his attitude. Um, and his attitude was open sharing of code and knowledge which i love every single one of his mods unless he made it for a private server which was very very few are full open source uh repackable with terms of giving him credit and uh he just is just absolutely amazing uh coder and uh put a lot of effort and time not only into making his mods great but also into making it so he could share it with the community overall that's a big thing for me, as you know. Um, you know, uh, I, I say this often. I'm a capitalist whore at heart, um, and I'm all for modders being able to earn a living from what they do. Um, but there's, you can do that and do it ethically. Um, and I love seeing people who um, are able to... You, know, you, you look at um, Windstride, for example. He's got his amazing Windstride um, clothing mod um, that pretty much every modded server... Um, that's worth its weight in salt, in my opinion, has that mod on there because it's got some of the best clothing. But he he makes a, I'm going to guess, I don't know, but he makes a reasonable income from doing custom work. And that is the model which I think is you know, one of the best you can do. 
um, in that you know, you, you're showcasing your skills, you're providing stuff. Look at Doctor Strange Love when it comes to emotes. You know, the guy just um, dumped um, you know, his Christmas pack on everyone, but he does so much private work, and I I do love that model. I, I you know I harp on this, um, and I know people get sick of hearing it. I wish there was a better model um, that was you know, approved by BI for um, modders to. Um, earn a decent income from what they do as a hobby. Uh, but I know that that's also a, a massive uh, undertaking as well because it's not as simple as just saying, yes, you can make money uh, because, you know, we, we, we know that there are people in the community who do make money, um, a lot of money from modding, and they're not known for being the most um, uh, scrupulous um, of people. But that's all we'll say on that. Uh, but... Uh, Big J's kind of alluded to where I wanted to go with most of us um, started with an attempt to fix a broken but also loved game. What are some of the biggest uh, shortcomings or pitfalls when it comes to modding specifically for DayZ? I know some of them myself, the amount of liquids in the game, something about um, even you know, with animations, there's only X amount of anim uh, animations you can have or... Uh, there's some things that you can only change one of, and then if you try to add another one in, I think that's the dual of animations. I'm, I'm not 100% sure uh, because I'm a, I'm a simple man. Uh, this stuff really scares the crap out of me at the best of times. But what's what's some of the biggest shortfalls? Uh, some of the biggest shortfalls. Um, that's a hard one because there are quite a few shortfalls. And well, when I say a few, I mean... List them. All right. Uh, some of the shortfalls are, uh, again, uh, they don't really tell you how to really truly sync between the server and the client, uh, which can cause some major issues with making sure that the server and client are properly communicating. Not all code in DayZ is being sent to the client and server at the same time. Like, they're not communicating together. Some code is specifically sent to the client, and then some code uh, may have a delay between the client and the server. Like, the client receives it first, but the server receives it, like, a minute later, or vice versa. Um, you know, then there are other things like... It'd be good if you could give an well, example uh, so that the, the layman like myself can understand exactly what you mean. Well, I kind of found this out through, uh, you know, isolating chat with this Cannabis Plus mod. Um, the communication between the um, I, um, item on detach, which is when you detach an item from something like a proxy, like uh, removing a gun from your shoulder. Yep. Uh, that actually is a short delay between the client and the server. It's like, it's, you know, like max, like a fraction of a second, but there's a delay. It's not instantaneous. Um, and you'll, you expect a delay between everything, but this one is a little bit more of a client side. And then the server registers it right after, instead of it being server side, then client side. Um, that is a good example. Another good example is uh, when you go to uh, use a lug wrench on your tires of a car, that technically is a client-side action that tells you that the wheel is unlocked, and then the server uh, is told that the wheel is unlocked, which is why sometimes when you unlock a tire, you can't pick, up, pick it off the car right away. That's, that, that's the short delay that you have. So that's a good example of that. 
Uh, again, the liquid framework is, or the liquid uh, stuff inside of DayZ is also a very big one. We can only have up to 32 registered technical liquids in DayZ. Now, this is a GUI component that actually doesn't really matter. Uh, liquid liquid components in DayZ um, can, of course, go across uh, as a registration of the liquid. You can say, hey, cars take gas, uh, but they don't take water, right? But you could do the same with, like, integers. Integers are the idea of counting from zero all the way up to, like, I don't know, infinity, right? But they're whole numbers. Um, they can't be, like, 1.1 or whatever. They have to be one. So you could do the same thing by telling, hey, I want this kerosene can to be an integer of two. And then you can tell, like, the kerosene camp stove that if it's an integer of two uh, of this variable, you can take this kerosene, right? Uh, so the liquid is more of a GUI that players can see, and it does make it more immersive. Uh, not pretending he's fancy. <laughs> yeah, I combed my hair. Isn't it nice? Um, and they all, then, then we have the animation framework, uh, or the animation problem that we have, which is, if I want to make new animations, I have to make sure that my mod is the only mod with the animations. If this anyone is, else, okay, thank you. This is sort of what I was getting at. Yeah. So if I make a mod with animations, and someone says they put another mod with animations, if their mod is loaded last, only their animations will register. If my mod mod is lo load last, only my an new animations will register. You can't have multiple animations. Uh, multiple mods with animations okay. on your server. So can we um, slow down at this point? Because this is um, uh, interesting to me on something um, that I'm, I'm thinking about at the moment. Is that only when it comes to players? Or does that include, because um, I'll come out with it. The idea I have, um, and I've spoken about this many a time, is I, I hate the animals in DayZ. Um, I think they're boring, bland, and pretty shitty. Um, and I would love to see an overhaul of, uh, in particular, some of the um, uh, the prey animals uh, that we generally hunt, uh, boar, um, the deer, uh, even goats and things like that. Could you do a mod that included custom animations for them, um, or is it literally only one custom animation for anything on the server? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, looking at Hunter Z's mod and him introducing his dogs and them having a bunch of different animations and stuff, I would assume Seeing that Hunter Z can expand upon it, right? Yep. But I would like to say that I am no expert on anything animation-wise for Daisy. I only know what I've been told. But I would like to state that doing an overhaul of Animals Boydy would not be... Well, it would be possible. However, the 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 animals might break. You may see the bow legging, you like nowhere it's like you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the the joint pops out or whatever. You may see stretching. And the reason for this is every animated item or every animated animal, uh, from like infected to players to animals, all have a rig. And a rig is a bunch of bones like you have in your own body that tell it where it can move stuff, right? Well, without access to that rig. You cannot overhaul the animals because you would have to somehow find a way to take the Daisy models out, get that rig, and then you can make custom animations. But that would also be a no-no. 
I'm just that's uh, that's the honest thing there. This is so complicated. What you guys do as just a hobby, um, like I'm, I'm literally my brain is in in loop mode at the moment. Going, it is so hard to process all of this when you don't have uh, a decent understanding of some of the basics of it. It's it's so full on and so yeah. complicated. And I, I want to kind of segue because we've talked a lot about the technical stuff and um. Uh, I imagine there's going to be a lot of questions on this one. So it might be that we get you back for a follow-up um, spotlight interview, Dump Gra, because I really want to hear from people um, because I think you've got a good knack of being able to explain it. Um, and, and and the skill that I bring to this is being able to say, no, Dump Gra, you're going into um, uh, brain man mode. You need to dumb it down for us um, simple plebs, us monkey brains. Um, so I, I think this is definitely um, one to come back to. Um, but what I want to move on to a bit is <clears throat> something that's, um, uh, I, I think you probably know where we're heading with this one, but something that's been very close to my heart with you modders, and it's the lack of um, financial support because it's not a cheap hobby to get into either. Uh, unless you've got those skills to be able to, and yeah, you, you touched on it before. You said you're not an expert in animations. Uh, what about um, actually creating models? Um, you know, they're, they're not cheap to, um, you know, it's, it's not easy to be a 3D texture artist, is it? It's not easy. Uh, no. I mean, I would say if I were to try to equate all of my custom models, uh, just models, no textures, I probably have well over like a couple of grand worth of effort into my stuff. The missus isn't home now, uh, is she? No. No, because you wouldn't have said that if she was home, would have you? I'll say to her face, she knows it. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't have a problem telling my missus these kind of things. Yeah. She just laughs at me and goes, that's cute. Um, Everyone has their hobbies. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Michael. I totally agree. It is a stepping stone in the career. Um, but, like, just my models alone are worth a couple of grand, probably. Um, like, my ability to replicate things in-game um, is, in my opinion, amazing. Um like that container mod that I'm making for Marks. I don't know how many people tried to accuse uh, uh, me or Marks of stealing in-game assets, but I made it from scratch. I just had a bunch of pictures and I replicated the damn thing. Um, I have a knack for that. You tell me, you, you give me, you give me a model, and you tell me to create some sci-fi thing. I'll be like, uh, no. You tell me to replicate this mug. I'll get it down to the very last detail. Um, that's how I work. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a replication, replication artist. I can replicate almost anything and put it in game, which is really awesome because a lot of the stuff I like to put in game are realistic things. Um, but yeah, so like, that's kind of how I work and monetization. It's such a freaking dirty, dirty, muddy thing to talk about because I'm no expert on it. And I've given up on the idea of actually making money as a modder um, and more of succumb to the idea that I need to find an alternate route to make money if I wish to do more, do more things with myself. Um, 
And that's how I've come to a conclusion. The sad thing is, though, that there are ways to do it. Um, and you know, you've only got to look at the likes of um, um, a Winstride, um, who gets a lot of people come to him to do custom um, uh, assets uh, for their servers and things like that. Uh, then you've got the other extreme of it, which is um, uh, uh, good old Voldemort, Mr. Nightwolf, um, who has a very successful model uh, where he somehow manages to get around the whole BI monetization um, of modding. Um, I, I, I still don't quite understand how that all works. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's, 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 it's insanity that um, some people are able to do it um, despite the fact that BI seem to make it so hard um, for some others to, to actually do it themselves. And then there's the whole culture around it of um, so many people, they're happy to throw money at content creators, but when it comes to supporting the, the modders who um, are the backbone of DayZ, um, are the backbone of games like Armour, um, they, they balk at the idea. And when a modder does um, you know, consider uh, doing a bit more of a, an aggressive monetization model, it's... How dare they? They should be doing this for free, um, which kind of pisses me off and frustrates me, Dumpgra. And I'm not even a modder. I just, I just think it's a, it's a double standard and a hypocrisy. Um, it's so hard for, you know, like Iceblade saying there, um, uh, he's, at, he's at a point where he has to decide whether or not to continue modding. He can't afford to spend as much time maintaining his mods as he is. You know, so we see often some some fantastic modders. Um, who have to leave uh, because they just financially can't afford it because it's not really it's it's not really a hobby it, it's it becomes an obsessive hobby um, even you know server owners so it, it's easier for server owners to make money to support their hobby than it is for modders um, you know and most server owners when a major update to DayZ is coming uh, the big servers especially will generally they'll take leave or holidays from work so that they can be there to. You know, go through the, the usual shit fight of everything that breaks once the update's uploaded. They've got to go in and work out what mod's breaking it, wait for the modders, pray that the modders who've got the essential mods on their server fix their mods as well. Um, and that's a bit of a shortfall in the community because the modders are doing it mostly for free. Um, and what, you expect them to take... You know, a couple of days off um, you know, in the lead up to it. Now that they've gotten a bit better, we're sharing the information with you guys um, <coughs> um, ahead of the update day, so you can prepare as much as possible for the update that's coming. But it, it's 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 a it's a weird, in my opinion, broken system dump ground. I know I went on a bit of a rant there, a classic Boydy rant. Um, but what what are your thoughts on it? It is a weird thing. Uh, I wouldn't say that server owners can easily make more money than us. I think that they just have more um, more open ability to make money. Uh, priority queue and some other things, right? Where modders, we're pretty much told, you can't make any money off your mods. You can, Somebody can't donate to me but and uh, because they... Uh, well, they could donate to me, but they can't pay me to continue to develop my mod. They can't do anything like that unless it's like for their server only, which, again, there's a gray area there that I'm not the legal expert in. Um, but I would say 
that do exactly what uh, Michael was saying, where you're trying to aspire to be a game developer, uh, maybe get a job, make a portfolio, all that stuff. Focus on that. Focus on that. Focus on improving your mods, doing amazing things, and being like, hey, when I go to a job interview, I can show somebody how many Steam people I have on it. I can show them all of my work, all this amazing stuff. And then, also, if you are a modder, branch out. This was advice that was given to me by Marks a while ago. Yes. And, and it was told me, to, me on, to me on the podcast. And I was whining like a little bitch about how I thought it was unfair, because I still think it's unfair. But Marks pointed out, I, as a modder, am in a bubble. And that bubble is my Steam Workshop and the Daisy Modding community. But there are so many other ways for me to reach my Daisy Modding community other than my mods. And that is videos. Make tutorials about your mods. Even if they're terrible tutorial videos, and I'm not saying you're going to be terrible. I'm just saying even if they're not great ones, there's still going to be a way for someone to learn about your mod and enjoy it. Because we all know how Daisy was back before we knew about every attachment for a weapon. Remember how frustrating it was trying to put all the different attachments on weapons and not knowing what freaking scope goes on what AK? That was frustrating. Your mods have the same problem. If people don't know or look for a tutorial, then they will never know how to fully utilize all the stuff in your mod. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't stop people like Boydy who like to do self-discovery. But it allows the people who don't care about self-discovery to fully enjoy your mod. And this can be really cool. So branch out. Twitter, Facebook, um, uh, um, videos on YouTube, even TikTok. I put a video out on TikTok about how to use COT's ESP build function. It has over 2,000 views, 46 likes. Like, just... Be more open to using the resources at your hands, and you will see your mods flourish more and get better with the people that actually want to do it. You'll actually start to develop more of a following of yourself and less about your mods because they want to see your content, not just your mod, your ideas, your inspirations. And that's what you should be focusing on because if Daisy were to do one day, let's say, go away, then go somewhere else. And you like, let's see, you go to Unreal. Those people might follow you because they love what you do. One thing, um, and, and Iceblade's got a good comment there. Uh, but one thing, um, hang about, I just uh saw that there was a uh, hidden comment, mustn't have any mods in yeah. um chat. Um, but now there's there's you, uh, Dumpgrass YouTube channel, folks. Um, one of the one of the sad parts is, is now. Dubgra is um, sharing a lot of stuff, and he's got, you know, 2.6 2, uh, thousand views. Daisy mods your server, and you need now. Um, 2.6 thousand. Daisy stomach system. Cliff notes is your stomach. Uh, that was one you did with Always Streams, um, which is yep. getting... But you're still not monetized on YouTube, so you're still not making money from your mods. And regardless of um, whether you're doing some good guides like this, it still doesn't address the core issue of a way for modders to start earning some um, coin to um, help support their hobby. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a weird one because it's... Like Michael said before, his hobby is flying planes. Um, you know, that's his hobby. 
Daisy's a little bit different. Like most modders, yeah. You know, one of those funny jokes um, that yeah you know, I've brought up over the time is um, most modders, especially the the ones with the really big mods, they don't play the game a lot. They they spend most of their time tinkering with their mods, uh, developing and planning other mods, helping other modders with their mods. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of a joke that the modders uh, mod a game they don't even really play themselves. Uh, yeah, you're well, smiling as well, Dumbgra, uh, because it's hard to fit it I all mean, in. Um, like Iceblade yeah, says, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of time spent modding, and then when you add in and um, after you've done your mod, you then need to design a video uh, that explains how to use your mod, and then you've got to remember to do written instructions for those who don't want to sit there and watch a 10-minute video. They just want to be able to read it. And then you've got to get someone, you know, you're lucky. You're, you're getting a, a name now. Um, you've had Asmondian make some incredible um, uh, artwork for you, um, some guides and things like that. But for the average um, person out there, it's a lot of different skills. They've all got to um, be able to wrap into not only to uh, to start understanding how modding works, the legalities behind it. Then they've got to become a content creator. Then they've got to become a guide writer. Um, they've got to be. It's it's insane. Well, so I'm gonna get a little bit real and do something that Boydie accuses me of not doing enough. And I'm gonna be brutally honest with you, folks. If you come to me and tell me you want to make money as a modder and then complain uh, that you're not making money as a modder and then tell me at the same time it takes too much time when you're offered a solution, you're part of the problem. You're making it harder on yourself. If someone tells me at the job and I, or I tell them they can make a little bit more money doing a side hustle after they tell me they're not making enough money uh, doing Uber – uh, as one of their fellow coworkers, and they tell me they don't have enough time, then, okay, that's understandable. Maybe find something else you have time for. I'm not telling you that you have to make YouTube videos. I'm not telling you to make TikTok videos. I'm not telling you to do all these things at once. But what I am telling you is look for other avenues. Stop solely relying upon your mod to be the thing that helps you make a little bit of money. If you are looking to make money, by the way, I'm not saying you have to make money. But look for other avenues. Step up. Find different ways to go about it. I didn't get approached by Asmonian because I was just some random modder he approached. He approached me because he saw my work. I put myself out there. I wasn't approached by Asmonian until I started actively pushing my work out there for people to see. I wasn't uh, putting my videos on YouTube because I didn't actually think about that avenue until someone started pointing out that maybe I should stop relying upon BI to change the rules to help me out. And maybe I should start looking for other avenues and tell BI can change the rules to help me out. That's a good way to put I'm, it. I'm put not it. telling people to be bad or whatever else. I'm just trying to tell people that it's tough. I get it. But if you're going to put up your own barriers, those are your barriers. You, you not can't, you can't else. just sit there, have a hissy fit and wail and, and totally blame it all on BI. It is what it is. That, that's an issue that needs to be addressed. But what can I do in the meantime? You've got to look at other ways. Um, and sometimes those ways don't work out. You know, look at Iceblade. He tries to look at ways to uh, monetize um, aspects of his um, Cannabis Plus mod. Sadly, that didn't pan out. Um, yeah. You, you've got to look at other options and, you know, get out there and, you know, 
do a Patreon, um, you know, for, for what it's worth, um, you know, uh, Daisy Expansion's um, Patreon was quite successful. Um, set up a donation link in your Discord, um, um, you know, if, if you've got a Discord for where people can come and lodge tickets, um, you know, maybe do something like a priority fucking um, access um, to um, uh, issues if you're a, a server owner. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I will never stop um, with um, things like, um, you know, some of these servers that are monetized, um, so content creators. Uh, they, they all have, in my opinion, an obligation to help promote the modders um, because they're all making, um, you know, they're, they're all, uh, they've got methods that they can legally, with BI's full endorsement, make money off the backs of, um, in many cases, the modders work. So, you know, I would love to see more content creators out there helping shine the spotlight on modders because what you guys do is freaking amazing. It is not that hard mm -hmm. to be a content creator. To be a great content creator, yeah, that's hard um, because, you know, you've got to crack the algorithm. You've, you've got to have that special it factor and all the rest of it. Um, but uh, it's entry level to become a content creator. It's not that hard to get a webcam, watch a video, set up um, OBS and start streaming. You'll get better as you go. But from that first stream, you know, you could get lucky and have a, a Mr. Beast uh, style person come in and potentially maybe donate $10,000 to you. Who knows? Um, but no. it's a very easy and low entry level. Modding, no, is, that's not a good point. A, modding is not an easy thing to get into. And uh, it's, it's something that I know people um, hate me uh, ranting about. Uh, probably not most of the people who are in here. Um, but there needs to be more oh. done by um, content creators and server owners um, to help support the modders that are the backbone. Yeah, I wonder how much um, uh, Jacob Mango and Dewan and whoever else has those essential uh, mods that need to be on pretty much every community server, CF tools and or V plus plus admin tools and things like that. How many how many communities out there have ever donated to them? Um, and yeah, it, it's why I, I one of the main reasons why I do it. Um, yeah, Dub's got a good question there. If you don't mind, yeah, you know, how much did you make last month from modding and um, tips and donations and just a ballpark figure? Oh, I made over a hundred and twenty. 120 bucks. That's from donations, my Patreon, and my Twitch. Yep. But, yeah, again, it's not perfect. It's not great. But I would like to state, if any of you guys are modders in here, make a tutorial video. Tag me in it when you post it on Twitter. Yep. I will tag, retweet tag it. Tag 87.8. We will as well. You know, I, I'm we will, on there I, all the I time. will use yeah, we'll use, I'll use whatever influence I have to help people see your mods and everything else. Also, if you have a Patreon link, uh, I suggest posting it in, in chat right now if you're a modder. Don't be afraid of it. Um, and, and, you know, put it into your fucking mod workshop description as well. Um, yeah. I know most people don't bother going there, but if you don't put it there, you're just robbing yourself. Leave it. You know, put the options there. You can, if you love my work and wish to support me, this is my PayPal. Um, this is my Patreon. Um, just you know, throw it out there. If you if you don't, then you've got no recourse. And if you're not doing those things that you've talked about, Dumpgrah, like creating a decent guide, um, 
um, for your mod and things like that, you're only hampering yourself. Yeah, it, it, it comes down to a lot of the same principles of what content creators have to do. You have to network, you have to market, you have to promote, get your stuff out there, create a Twitter, create a fucking Instagram, create a TikTok if you're into that. Um, get your stuff out there, create a bit of hype, um, and you know, find find other people who love what you do. Um, and, you know, we're always looking for guests and uh, mods to showcase on the Daisy podcast and things like that, um, you know, particularly ones that are a bit um, out of the ballpark, not just a simple retexture pack or something like that, but something that kind of reinvents the game, like your um, ammo-making mod, um, like, um, you know, some, some, there's so many mods that I've looked at and just gone, you know, R22R's base fortifications. Wow, you know, it's just a base fortifications mod, but... It was a completely different look to it. So, yeah. Now, I do want to. I do want to address some questions we've had over the past thing. Like, uh, like us uh, parodies uh, said a while back, um, almost like an hour ago. Uh, yeah, I remember. Oh my! It was a. Uh, I know I've asked this question on the Discord, but I never got a direct answer. I was happy with what exactly is the future of all these mods currently on Daisy standalone. Yep. Now I did answer your question in the Infusion Modders Discord, but I will answer it again. Uh, what is the direct future of all these mods on Daisy standalone? And what it is is that we are provided a tool in Blender itself that allows us to auto convert our P3Ds, unbinaries, of course into a format that can go to Armory Forger, which is the fuel, full infusion engine, What's which Blender? is going to be uh, Blender is a modeling program. Yep. Um, but we can convert all of our models and then put them in there. And then we can start converting all of our textures into PBR formats, which is the texture format that Infusion uses instead of the re reality virtual or RV maps that Daisy uses. And we can start to convert everything over. Honestly, when Arma 4 comes out, and if it has all of the subsystems that DayZ has, food, hydration, all that kind of stuff, I would be able to actually probably port my mod within, like, a couple, all my mods within a couple months. Um, now, obviously, if the base building system isn't there, I may not be able to bring them all, but I might be able to bring most of my mods into Arma uh, 4. Now, I know some people were talking about, will a DayZ mod come to Arma 4? And the question is, is probably not. They cannot brand it as DayZ. However, Arma 3 does have epoch servers and other uh, thing, um, names that are like DayZ, but they are not exact copies. Now, if you were to try to copy DayZ directly, it wouldn't. So I see Arma 4 having these kind of servers that are like epoch or whatever else that are survival-based kind of servers that would use mods like my ammo making, my emoji and forging and stuff like that, as well as many of the other mods that people may port over to DayZ. Now, Again, a lot of the mods that get ported over from Daisy to the next infusion for Arma 4 may not be all of them, but a lot of the content-made ones probably will be. Again, it all depends on what Arma 4 offers as far as its base functionality and how many modders choose to go. But it is highly, highly possible. Not to mention all of the knowledge and experience I have learned about modeling, texturing, and coding, because Daisy does use C Sharp, C++, and C, which are real coding languages outside of DayZ that can be used. So all of this stuff does matter overall. Now, I'm not telling you to get into um, DayZ modding if you are already in it, but it does actually matter if you go into DayZ modding. Your skills can be transferred to other BI games and also can be used outside of DayZ if you use it properly. I do but like what uh, <clears throat> Ice Wave wrote there. 
Um, yeah, they did listen to the community, uh, community, and finally provided good tools for Armor Four, the with the infusion engine. Well, uh, let's try to finish on a um, bit of a positive then. Um, what do you uh, are you excited for the future um, with the Armor Reforger slash Infusion um, stuff coming? Uh, yes and no. I haven't really paid much attention to Armor Reforger after the initial release, to be honest. Uh, it was too bare bones, uh, not because I wanted to play it, but for the modding stuff. Uh, it just didn't have a lot of the functionality and features that I'm looking for, again. So, like, for example, putting ammo making into it would have just been silly uh, right now. Or my Metal Gene Forging, um, obviously, I kept building fortifications into it. So, I haven't had much interest in it because I can't actually make my mods useful in that scenario, if you get what I mean. Yeah. What about for the uh, graphical side of things? You said about you're going to be able to port a lot of your stuff over. Uh, the Infusion mm-hmm. graphics are next level um, compared to what um, Daisy Standalone has. How is that going to be impacted? Uh, it's going to be actually a lot better. Like, my uh, models and stuff are going to be far, far better. So, like, Daisy alone uh, has, I think it's like 42,000 max vertices per model. Which each vertice, if you put four vertices together, Boydy, it makes a plane, like a piece of paper, right? So just a good example. So only 42,000 of those are allowed in DayZ, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't when you start making models. Well, in Fusion, I think I tested it, and like even with 256,000 vertices in one model, it wasn't even flinching. Which is amazing, right? So I could actually remake my models to be even better if I wanted to, um, and then I can. And then my textures obviously could e- easily be reported or improved, and just overall blow things out of the water, right? Um, I'm actually looking for a uh, a picture here. Give me a second on Twitter because you know Twitter. Um, where is it? But yeah, the Daisy um, Infusion Engine, or the Infusion Engine overall, has a lot of freaking promise. Uh, here it is. So um, I'll just show it um, on screen. Yeah. So here we are. And this is my. Um, so this is what it looks like in Daisy, right? And you close Oops. the stream. Sorry. My bad. Yeah, this guy's a modder. Yeah, so this is what it looks like in Daisy, right? This is my Melogy and Forging book that I have inside of my thing to guide people with my Melogy and Forging. This is what it looks like in uh, Infusion. Now, I'm not sure if you can tell the difference, but there is a lot more detail and a mm. lot more depth in this. I didn't change the model at all. All I did is converted this into a PBR texture format. And you can see the difference. So this is Daisy. It's dull. It's dingy. Uh, it kind of looks really bad. The uh, no HQ on it, which is what gives depth to the melody and forging lettering and the anvil and stuff, uh, which actually is a uh, decal Boydie got for me, which was very kind of him. Uh, 
doesn't look very deep, right? It doesn't look like it's actually a emblem on it. Now, on the Infusion one, it actually looks like a full-fledged emblem, yep. doesn't it? looks like somebody actually put an emblem on the book. And I'm and guessing that, that is, if you wanted to, um, um, and I'm not sure um, how much art is your um, forte, but you could probably get a um, artist to um, do that in a much higher quality as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, obviously, yeah, my art's not, art's not my forte. But it's just a good example of how easy it is to do. It's the same exact model, same exact textures. Yep. It's just changed to a different format. Um, so that should uh, really kind of give you guys a basic idea. And yeah, look, um, I, I want to quickly just um, uh, do a self-promo um, uh, shill there. Um, we we did, and it wasn't me per se who did that logo for you, Dumpgrass. It was the eighty seven A community. You know, most of my funding, um, but the majority of what I spend um, comes out of my own pocket uh, because this is my hobby. Uh, but the donations and everything that come through to us, you know, there's there's a lot we do. I don't, I don't even remember. Did we go? Did we make it public that I did that, Dumpgrass? Oh uh, yeah, I thank you publicly. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, but we didn't make a big deal out of it. It was just kind of, you know, um, got a little bit of spare cash. Let's uh, do something nice. So that's that's kind of what I try to do here. Um, you know, we did stuff like the Cabello um, Banoff signs and um, when we see something that needs a bit of help and a bit of love. Um, and, you know, I was passionate, still am passionate about your ammo-making mod. More hardcore servers, servers that want to be hardcore need to fucking get your ammo-making mod. Um uh, because it's literally one of the best mods for DayZ. It adds a you know, um, such a great little uh, side quest um, with a with a purpose, not just a you know side quest for the sake of having one. But you think about it in the zombie apocalypse, it, you're going to start running out of fucking ammo, uh, but you may still be able to make it. Um, and you've got some pretty interesting, a little bit, they were a little bit complicated at first, but you did uh, take that on board and um, change the complexity of, you know, you wanted people to work it out for themselves. It was like, yeah, dump grub, we're not all as smart as you, mate. Um, uh, breaking bones into powder uh, to be an ingredient is not something I would have ever considered fucking doing. Uh, but, yeah, we got there eventually, and, you know, you took on board the feedback about a guide. Um, which I think I gave you. Have it there. It's up to server owners whether they want to put it in there, but give them options. And that's probably a good tip for anyone getting into modding as well. You might have a dream of how hard you want to make something, uh, but I said this to Red Falcon as well. Um, have scalable options. You know, have it so that if someone wants to use your mod and have it easy to fly the choppers, they can do that. And if someone wants to go full Autos mode and make it so that you need to basically um, study how to be an actual helicopter pilot, have that in there as well. Um, so you know, let people decide. Don't you dictate to them what they can and can't do. Um, if you want to, that's all, that's all well and good, but don't be surprised when people don't really adopt your mod. Um, so, yeah, look at, look at scalability options. Um, I'm, I'm excited yep. for Infusion um, to see what comes out of it. The graphical overhaul, I think, I still think even after 10 years, um, and Daisy's had a couple of graphical overhauls in that time, but I still think Daisy's a beautiful game. You know, you see some of these screenshots, even the unedited ones uh, that aren't played with by the likes of Wellerton and um, all the team who keep winning all the Daisy screenshot awards. Um, but 
Infusion kind of surprised me and took me off guard just how beautiful it's going to be. And to know that it's going to be a bit more easy for you guys to port your stuff over. And then, you know, the sky's the limit, whether you want to go and get them full, um, you know, redone again. Uh, but, you know, that excites me that it's going to be quite easy for some of this stuff to be ported over. The code, is that all still going to work or is that a whole different level of complexity? It's a whole new thing, but yep. the core language is pretty much the same. Okay. Because we already work with Infusion language as it is. It's just the functionalities and other fun um, other things will be changed. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of cool things. And I mean, like, uh, you know, if anything, if you guys take anything away from this is that I am a self-taught person when it comes to all this stuff. And I did have people who helped me a little bit on along the way. And I've had lots of friends, Iceblade, Lad, you know, OP, Damon Forge. I can name so many. But um, overall, I would like to just tell people that if you wish to start modding in Daisy, start. Don't wait for yourself to learn all the knowledge that you think you need to learn before you start. Just get your hands dirty. Start getting into it. Start learning about things because overall, that's what's going to make you either love or hate modding is whether or not you actually enjoy doing the work or you don't. Um, and overall, <clears throat> just remember at the end of the day, while I may be very self-proclaimed and everything else like that, I didn't do it alone. I did have other people helping me along the way. And I, um, and I bounced ideas off of them. I talked with them. I shared stuff with them. We worked together on some stuff every now and then. But overall, you can't do it alone 100%. You do need to have a little bit of that support. And don't be afraid to ask out, you know, whether it be on the content creation side, uh, whether it be um, on the technical side, uh, the artistic side. There are people out there. Um, a lot of good people in this community who want to help people succeed um, and um, you know grow their skills and yeah you know I, I, that's one of the things I'm proudest of with the 87A community is even in our little Discord I know there is a modest Discord uh, but even in our little Discord there's a lot of people come in there for advice um, and there's people in there who are more than happy to help um, and will say you know send me through some information. I'll have a look at it and get back to you of my thoughts and, you know, just find those good people, get rid of the dead wood, um, and you can, you can make something out of this. You know, we've seen now, um, uh, you know, we've got um, Dancer Jesus, um, who went from just being an environment, you know, environment designer as a hobbyist. He's now employed with Bohemia. Uh, we've got Mario, um, who was a bit of an unsung, a bit of a grey man. Um, those who were in the know knew how brilliant the guy was. And he's now a programmer with Armor 4. Um, so, you know, Sumrak started off as a hobbyist um, and he's now the lead uh, dev of DayZ. So there, there, there is a future in this. Not, not for everyone. It's not going to be for everyone. Not every modder out there is ever going to end up, you know. Um, not everyone's prepared to move to uh, Prague and take a job there. But, yeah, um, there are ways to do it. And, you know, just keep on trying and just remember... Um, it, it's not it's not easy. You know, it's the same as um with I, I said before, becoming a content creator, easy thing to do. To become a full time content creator, not an easy thing to do. Um, there are so many content creators who 
start and you have that dream of being the next Shroud and the next um, uh, bloody you know, uh, XQC and all the rest of it, and most will never get there. Um, but if you don't give it a shot and if you don't try and if you don't keep on look self self um, uh, what, what, you, what was the word you used before self analyzing um, looking at yourself and going what can I do better why is it working maybe it's just this just isn't for me or maybe I'm not doing something right uh, but everything you can do to promote yourself um, get out there and do it. Um, get, I'm certain if you hit uh, slide into Dumpgrass DMs, he can give you some tips as well. You know, you, you've co you've come actually quite away with your uh, YouTube editing. I've been quite impressed watching some of your videos. Now you've got a little bit of quirky humor in there at times and stuff like that. It's good to see. That's good. That's good. Yeah, my DMs are open. You don't have to add me as a friend or anything. Obviously, you know, if you abuse it, I will block you. But other than that, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. I know uh, a nice guy uh, called Big Joe Diesel actually has been asking me for help. And unfortunately, I've been a little bit lazy in um, uh, finishing helping him. But uh, I'm happy to help anybody if I can. Obviously, if I can. I don't know everything, but I will try my best to help you. Ever since they put out the Ski Hill, I always thought it would be a release. Oh. Yeah, Winter Chinaris would be cool. I know, uh, I, I know. I think we've had it on record, like official record. Uh, Sumrak even mentioned he would love to see seasons, but he's not sure if they're possible. Right? Are you being assaulted? My... Uh, no, this is my cat, Bailey, everybody. She's been picked on by one of the other cats. She's a bit older, so she can't defend herself as much. But so she's been she's been in my lap most of the time, and you know, yeah. This is where they this is where the kitty came from that, when Boydie made that weird obscure yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, overall, mm. if you're not a modder and you're in chat and you're a player or a server owner, please, please remember. Even telling modders you appreciate their work, letting them know your thing, liking what they do, or even posting on Twitter telling people about the mod you the mods you use. Like maybe once a day or maybe once a week once a week you talk about a mod you use on the server and why you had it added it to the server and why you like the mod can actually highlight that modder's work more than you actually believe. Because again, it's more about getting the mod publicly known. And then it is about you as a server owner making, you know, a huge contribution. Again, even as a player talking about it. But don't forget, most modders would be even happy seeing a dollar donation or even yep. less. Overall, remember, modders are people, and it takes time, effort, and energy to make the mods. And modders, remember, your players are also important. If players reach out and need help, you need to make sure that you're able to help them within reason, of course. If you can't help them, that's understandable. But try not to cold shoulder your, well, uh, viewer base, essentially, because that also does not help your mod grow. But that's what I like to say. If you can take your time to go into the Steam Workshop and write the words, fix your fucking mod, um, you can also take the time to go back in there and write the words, thank you for fixing your fucking mod. Um, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a joke. Dubgrass uh, laughing because he's heard me say that. You know, it, it's a bit of a meme in the modding community uh, that really the only time they ever hear from the players is when something isn't working. Um, just try, try, try not to be such a, a prick, uh, folks, and you know, go in there and just say thank you. 
Um, and you know, um, money is a great way of saying thank you to someone if they've got a PayPal link there. Um, if you can you know, donate five bucks to a streamer, I'm sure you can donate five bucks to someone who creates a mod that you absolutely love that's on your server. Um, I'll say it one last time as well. Content creators, server owners, please do something to promote those uh, those mods that you love yourself as a player. Um, you know, some of these guys love playing on the highly modded servers with some of the cool gun packs and all the rest of it. Find out who makes them um, and give them a shout out. But yeah, um, I think a profit share model would be great, but it's got its own issues. I'm happy people split their donos between us and the modders because we don't have a unique server or vision without them. But um, yeah, <coughs> and I think a lot of that comes down to um, you know trying to change a bit of the culture. Uh, around it you know there's still that stigma with the minute a modder starts um, looking at a monetization model uh, some people view them as a sellout um, but you know uh, how many streamers can you think of who don't have a subscribe button um, don't have um, uh, a paypal link um, a merch and all the rest of it absolutely fuck all of them um, people need money to survive and if you've got a few spare bucks consider chucking it at your favorite um, modders Dumpgra, I think we are definitely going to have to do a um, a follow-up episode of this one. I'm hoping that we're going to get a lot of feedback. Guys, girls, if you've got – and everything in between, sorry. Um, if you've got any questions on anything, um, one of the main reasons I wanted to get Dumpgra on is because he is a self-taught, an older gentleman. Not old. You know, he's still a young fella. Uh, but self-taught, a late adopter into this and is rapidly emerging as one of the leading uh, modders in the DayZ community. Um, yeah, when you've got Asmondian um, coming to oh. you, uh, volunteering to um, help you, that's when you know you're doing something right um, because that guy is one of the gold standards of the DayZ community along with Wobo, um, in my opinion. Um, and... That's that's absolutely amazing. Uh, so, Dumbgrath, thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to doing a follow-up on this one uh, because, yeah, uh, it's an important issue and I really want uh, to see uh, modders get more support and love from the community that, you know, 99% of people say that modding kept Daisy alive, um, you know, um, and I, I, I agree with that. Daisy, uh, sorry, BI have got a great um, base model, but they rely heavily on modders to keep that base model going. Um, and we need to support them more as a community, um, you know, both from sharing their uh, information, sharing their mods, sharing their PayPal's, and doing what we can. I'd, I'd actually love to see more modders, uh, sorry, more content creators, get people like you on, um, you know, if someone loves playing on um, a server that has ammo making on it, um, you know, uh, content creators, why don't you look at reaching out to the modder and say, hey, would you like to come on um, and, you know, I've got an audience of a couple of hundred people and we can play together and you can explain some stuff, um, you know, for an hour or so talking about your mod. doesn't cost them anything, um, but, yeah, I think that would be a great no. uh, thing that they could look at doing. Can I actually touch on the whole mods keeping daisy afloat thing if you wish i i want to be honest and uh i think modding is just part of the slice it's not 
I, w- I would even say that De- Amadi can even claim 50% of the reason why Daisy is still afloat. Uh, modding has greatly helped Daisy. I, I do not disagree on that, but I wouldn't say that it's even close to 50%. I would say that max it's 30% of the reason why Daisy is still around or as successful as it is. I think it's mainly due to the fact that BI has reacted and has responded properly, trying to overall change their overall attitude towards people. In the past couple of years, we have seen them open back up. They are now talking to people. We have amazing people like Scotty and the Daisy Dev team. We have now a once modder, Adam, helping steer the ship even better. Yes, there are people who say that the updates are sucky and everything else, but we have seen more tangible and game-improving updates in the past three to four years than we saw in the previous six before that. And it has been game-changing how much effort they're putting into it. Also, server owners are a big part of this, folks. If you think mods are great, think about trying to find a server that is using the mods you like. If we didn't have as many servers as we have now, you would not be able to play the mods that you enjoy. You would not have the luxury of finding hardcore versus non-hardcore versus anime servers or medieval servers. Modding has greatly helped DayZ. I do not disagree, but it is just one part of the puzzle. Oh, then there's actually the Daisy uh, console things. I mean, again, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. Saying modding is one of the biggest pieces, yes, it's a true statement, but it's by no means more than 50%. It's not even close. That's mm. my statement on that. Mm, you're a modder, so I have to kind of bow to your uh, um, opinion on it, but I do think modding um, has been integral to it, along with um, you know some of the core content creators who stuck with the game and still had sizable audiences, even when the player base was you know down to just over 3,000 or so. But yeah, I mean, um, guys, just, look at just one second. Review. Don't don't cut me off here. One second. There is um in the link I just put in there is Dumpgrass Patreon. Um, also, if you check out his Twitter or his YouTube, um, I'm pretty sure he has um, tip links there as well. Um, so if you do want to chuck him a fiver, a tenner, or whatever you can afford, um, I, I highly uh, recommend Patreon uh, because it does give them a bit more of a, um, a consistent cash flow coming in that they can sort of rely on. Uh, but yeah, um, definitely look at it. Um, now you were going to say, Dumpgra. Uh, I was going to point out that uh, I did point out that the console community is amazing. Uh, if you look at just the raw numbers that uh, Daisy gave us, the mm-hmm. console community like beats us by like I think it's like 40, 40 to fifty thousand, and they don't have access to true mods. Yeah, they only have the vanilla files, and then they're able to manipulate those vanilla files just enough to do different things. But yeah. they're truly playing a vanilla game with the vanilla configs. Yep. And that's that's crazy to think about that the vanilla game is so good that the console community has a higher population than modded. I'm curious to, to see how um, modding goes um, under the infusion engine with Armor Four uh, being a console bound game as well. But that's a topic for another day, um, and um, we will definitely be coming back to that. Dumpgra, you're a fucking legend, mate. Um, I am in awe of your. Uh, ability, what you've managed to achieve in, let's be honest, a relatively short space of time. Um, uh, this this last couple of years, especially, has been very good for you. You've really kind of blown out of um, uh, blown it out of the water, come out of nowhere, uh, and really made an impact in the Daisy modding community. Um, so keep it up, brother. Um, and yeah, 
go and go and chuck uh, Dumpgrass some love. Please subscribe to the Poor Bastards YouTube channel. He's sitting at 586 subscribers. We need to get him another 414. Just at Dumpgrass um, on uh, uh, the links there in um, uh, the uh, description, and there'll be a link in the bar. Uh, the, uh, the description of this video as well when it's uploaded but um that's one of the easiest things you can do folks is help someone get to the um 1000 uh subscribers mark because it's a requirement thanks to certain um self um annihilation videos um that uh, logan paul and uh, that have done in the past they had to up the uh, the requirements um to make, keep the advertisers happy but that's a way for them to Get some decent cash flow coming in as well. Uh, from once you hit that and you're monetized, then you can make it. You know, we make about a hundred, about a hundred bucks on average a month on our channel. So that's you know what an average uh, model with a decent uh, portfolio of videos. Um, those lovely uh, guides that you talked about, Dumpgra, could probably make um, when people you know search up um, how do I use uh, am I making? Oh, there's a video with a guide. Awesome. Um, so it's it's a, a bit of cash flow revenue coming in for them. So yeah, dump graph, keep it up, buddy. I'll try. All the best, everyone, and we will see you next time. I have a big interview um, coming up um, next week. Um, if you're in the Discord, discordgg FM, I think it may be the first interview with the developer of Road to Vostok. Um, so I'm pretty fucking excited for that. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a single-player um, uh, apocalypse survival sort of game, um, which I think is fantastic because everyone is doing multiplayer games, Dumpgrass. Uh, that's the big thing at the moment, you know, get online and play with everyone. But there's a lot of fun in just going and playing a single-player game, isn't there? Oh, yeah, of course. And this guy's ex-military as well, uh, Finnish. Um, and you know, if, if you follow me on Twitter, I um, have shared um, uh, videos about um, Finnish um, uh, World War II veterans, and that um, I'm, I'm quite in awe of them. They're absolute badasses. The White Death, in particular, Google that guy. Fucking wow, wow, absolute badass. But I'm really excited to see what comes um, from this game because it's looking pretty damn good for someone who is effectively a solo developer. Um, so yeah. Any chances you're ever going to release your own game, Dumpgrass? Watch this space, folks. Watch this space. Look at that cheeky grin. Look at that cheeky grin. Yeah, exactly, Michael. I read the first part of that sentence, and it was, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, we, we have something in common then. But you, Do you have something that in common with him, Dumpgrass? <laughs> no, you've got your cat to play with. But um. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Um, and then uh, next weekend as well, um, I will be interviewing Rick Slatty, um, who is um, someone that I'm looking at maybe doing some more collabs with in the future. Um, but he's a survival game enthusiast as well. Stumbled across his channel and I loved what I saw. So going to be interviewing him. But Dumpgraff, thank you, mate. Good couple of hour chat. I think this is a good uh, time to call it quits. Um, ladies and gentlemen, sub to the guy on YouTube. Go check out his Patreon. Consider supporting him. Um, and yeah, try out some of his more complex mods, folks. You'll fucking love them. Am I making metallurgy? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Keep up the good work, my man.
I will. And say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ciao for now. <laughs>